Welcome to Back in the Game, a sports and mindset podcast. I'm Rob Bombacco. And I'm Rachel Popchek, and we're here to share with you the mental skills you need to help improve your performance and get your head back in the game. We will offer practical applications and diverse perspectives to help you apply these mental skills to your life. Welcome to Back in the Game, a sports and mindset podcast. I'm Rob Bombacco. And I'm Rachel Popchak. We have a great guest with us today, uh, the head women's hockey coach uh, at University of Western Ontario, uh, Candice Moxley. Uh, Candice, uh, as I said, serves as the, the head women's coach um, for the Western Mustangs women's hockey team. Uh, she took on that position in the summer of 2018. Uh, prior to coaching uh, at the University of Western Ontario, she spent a year coaching the Markham Thunder of the Canadian Women's Hockey League, where she helped lead the team to the Clarkson Cup. Candace has also served as head coach for Buffalo State Women's D3 hockey team uh, from 2013 through 2017. During this 10 years, she transformed the program into a national caliber program. She led the Bengals to the ECAC West playoffs for the first time in six years during her first season behind the bench and was named ECAC West Coach of the Year. Prior to Buffalo State, uh, Candace spent two seasons as an assistant coach at Ohio State and two years as an assistant at Robert Morris University, both D1 programs. She worked as a video coach with Hockey Canada's women's development and senior teams from 2013 to 2015 and in 2017 was an assistant coach with the Canadian National Development Team. Uh, a native of Markham, Ontario, uh, Candace was a four-year player at Niagara University, a D1 program, and she played there from 2001 through 2005 and played women's professional hockey for three years in the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Uh, Candace also has been a member of the Canadians, Canadian women's inline team and Canadian women's ball hockey team competing internationally at world's tournaments. Candace, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. So on this podcast, we, we talk a lot of mental skill and, and mental performance, and we love to have guests on who are able to kind of come at that aspect from, from both a, a player's perspective and, and a coaching perspective, and you're obviously able to, to do that. Um, we want to start just kind of with your playing career, obviously playing D1 and professionally, um, also inline and ball hockey. I didn't know you, you did that as well, um, which is awesome. But some of the things that, you know, you went through as a, as a player, um, you know, whether there were certain struggles from kind of a mental perspective or, you know, just how you kind of prepared mentally um, when you were going to, to compete. So if you could just share some of some of those things with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'd like to classify myself as a highly competitive person. Um, mm -hmm. So it was kind of easy for me to kind of jump into arenas and just go and play and compete. Um, 
So I didn't have any struggles, I would say there. Um, but I think where I found majority of my challenges were kind of surrounding the um, expectations of myself um, and pretty much dealing with my emotions throughout again, um, because I was always on such a high and so intense. It was always hard for me to kind of bring myself down a little bit to look at events happening sure. around me a little bit differently. Okay. Yeah. So, so one of uh, uh, the key kind of mental skills an athlete can have is that kind of what you're talking about, that emotion regulation, right? And, and being able to, um, for the most part, kind of stay level, stay even keel and kind of, um, you know, not have the big ups and, and downs that could, you know, um, impact the performance um, kind of, oftentimes in a negative way. Um, so is, is how would you, you said kind of that maybe was one of the difficulties you had. Did, did you, as your playing career went on, learn ways to, to manage those emotions a little better? Yeah, I, I feel like as I went on, it's, it's a level of maturity had to happen within myself in order mm -hmm. to kind of recognize those moments. Um, as a player, I was just, I, I know there was points in times when I was on, on the bench in college and my coaches couldn't talk to me. Um, because I was so fired up and just okay. like ready to go. Um, but I, I think as I, I moved along, um, that it was more of a, like a recognition that this is happening and okay. I needed to kind of, uh, kind of put a name on it and just sure. say like, I'm just angry right now and right. kind of put a cap on it and try and move on from that, from those yeah. type of moments. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, every athlete's different, right? And we, we kind of have, each of us have, you know, as far as the emotion regulation, each of us ha has to be in a different place, right? To perform the way we need to perform. And it's about knowing yourself. And, you know, some athletes kind of need that, you know, high energy, um, even some of that anger, they use that anger real, real effectively. Um, and for some, that's going to be... Uh, you know, a situation where it's just not, not a good thing for them. Um, so I think like you said, that, that self-awareness and, you know, being able to understand what works for you as an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, as I've moved along, I kind of reflecting back on those, like those university college days, um, I was just, I could have been a better teammate. Um, because I was getting into those types of like silos, I guess you can say. Um, if my coaches couldn't talk to me, my teammates couldn't talk to me. And as a coach now looking at those situations, like I'm always trying to get our girls to communicate together. And I was like, I definitely wouldn't be one of those players that would have been successful in those moments because of how I was. Um, but uh, it's definitely something that I now recognize as a coach that I try and instill within my players where it's like, okay, just take a moment, reset. And then like, we need you guys talking together. So um, it's definitely put a lot of value in it now from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. I don't know if you feel this way. I mean, what you just said there um, is something I say often, like I wish when I was playing, I knew, more of the, the this stuff um, because I was the same way. Like I, I was, you know, I talked to athletes a lot about like present focus, right? Like, you know, next play, like, you know, all, all that stuff. And 
I was the complete opposite of that. You know, I, I would have those, you know, frustrations and, you know, beat myself up, get angry, um, you know, probably not often in the present. I was, you know, kind of thinking about four plays ago or, you know, um, so yeah, I think um, being able to, like you said, said re reset and kind of teach, teach that, uh, you know, to the athletes today because you know so many things happen throughout the course of a game where we can really you know if we allow it to we can get too far ahead or we could again be be kind of living in the past where you know none of that is really helpful yeah absolutely and 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 it's that it always comes back to you and kind of living in the past like I know as well, like I was manifesting it in my body language. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and all the, like all the while in my head, it's me replaying the play that just happened and me being very hard on myself. Um, but now knowing that, and again, my, my teammates, again, seeing my body language, they could have been interpreting it for something completely different as, as in my disappointment for them and their play. Sure. Um, so I, I know like I would always skate off the ice and I'd be shaking my head, but it would just be a natural thing for me because I'm like replaying every single play mm -hmm. that just happened. Um, and now it's like I, my teammates, I know it probably didn't have another positive effect on them as well. So you're talking about kind of, you know, that difference as a player versus as a coach now. So just can you tell us a little bit about kind of how you got involved in coaching and just kind of was that always a, a passion of yours or did that develop differently? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it was so funny because um, a little bit of a story here. My parents are decluttering their house, so I had to go and, and remove some of my, my stuff from their, their house. And I came across my grade eight yearbook. Um, and in my grade eight yearbook, it was like future ambitions. And it was number one, to play for the Olympic team. Number two, to coach the Olympic team. Um, mm -hmm. So always from a young age, I, I had like, hey, if I can't play, I'm coaching um, because of well, my love for the sport. And I didn't even know if there were viable job options at that time. I just knew like, this is what I'm doing. Um, so I, I was fortunate enough to come by an opportunity um, where Nate Handerhan offered me my first uh, grad assistant slash assistant coach job. And uh, I hadn't looked back since it was, I knew it was the right thing for me. How have you kind of, um, you know, made that transition for yourself, just even like, kind of like you were just mentioning as well, but just really taking everything that you've learned as a player and really applying that to sort of your coaching mentality and just kind of curious a little bit about sort of how your experience as a player has kind of shaped you as a coach. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty, um, I'm still that competitive person. Um, I still I would say that I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, um, but I, I tell my players that in advance um, where it's like, I'm not going to be hiding any type of emotion from you and it's okay to have these emotions. Um, but let's talk through them. Let's get through them together. Um, so I, I took a lot of the experiences I had as a player and the coaches that I had um, and, and looked at again, things that worked, things that didn't work, things I would change. Um, and it's just a lot of reflective practices. Like, 
and just thinking, would I like this as a player? Uh, probably not. Okay, so let's veer and uh, try something different. Um, but again, it comes with the pulse of your team, the players you have, the individuals you have um, playing for you and, and what their needs are at that time. So I kind of like to be like um, more of a facilitator than like someone who's barking directions. It's like, it's, I'm here to help you learn um, and a resource for you. Uh, so that's kind of how I approach everything that I do where it's like, I'm not trying to put myself like above you, but at times, yeah, that's going to happen. But I, I want us to be like the most functional team moving forward and help them build the relationships that I experienced my freshman year at Niagara. Um, we had a very successful team that year, um, but it stemmed, it, it was in our locker room and it was a leadership group that we had in our locker room. And I know you had Alison Kumi on the podcast as well. She was one of our leaders and she was phenomenal. Um, so having those uh, voices and that, that presence in the locker room, it's like, okay, hey, this is what you need me to do. This is what I'm doing. And I uh, created that natural buy-in. So I'm just trying to find that with every team I have now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, um, and you mentioned kind of the stuff with the body language and, and stuff too. You know, I don't know. I'm sure you kind of experienced this a lot too, but you know, I, when I, coach my you know my daughter or whatever like seeing right you see plays developing and you know kind of you know what should be happening and it doesn't and kind of to you know refrain from the hands over your face you know kind of um you know body language there but um you know i think the thing you mentioned that that is awesome is that communication piece right and how important that is player and coaches and also just um, amongst teammates, right? When you have that real open, effective communication, how much that can impact a team in a positive way. Yeah, it's, it's been, uh, and, and I've changed as a coach too. It's not mm -hmm. like I've, I would say my, um, when I stepped into a program like Buffalo state, um, they weren't doing very well. Um, yep. we had a very small roster, uh, but they were excited for change, um, because they weren't a successful team and they, they are competitors and they, they want to win and they're hockey players and they just, they love the game. Um, so, mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of like a, okay, here we go. And I didn't, we put in, policies and rules and things like that of like the behaviors and that, that we needed to get rid of um, yeah. and change in order to be successful. Um, but I found it really actually challenging stepping into the, the Western program. And, and um, that was where they came off a successful year. And then I came into the program and then it was like, okay, maybe we ride the waves a little bit of the success from last year and see how we do where I don't think I communicated well enough that year because I step, took a step back. Um, but definitely in hindsight, that'd be something where I would want to go back and, and again, kind of have a redo maybe where right. it's, it's like, I think we can get a little bit more out of this group if we had a little bit better relationships within the locker room mm -hmm. relationships with the coach. But I was their, I think third coach within five years. Okay. So I think there was a lot of, um, a lack of, lack of trust maybe, sure. um, in that locker room there. So it's just been quite the experiences mm -hmm. that but it's all challenging and all fun right 
Awesome. Uh, so kind of, and maybe this all relates and kind of goes into one question, but what are some of the things um, that you sometimes see athletes struggle with from a, a mental perspective? Um, and, you know, I guess tied into that, you know, over this past year with the pandemic and a lot of um, athletes seasons being interrupted or canceled, you know, maybe some of the, the things that have popped up specifically this year that maybe, you know, uh, again, from a mental perspective that maybe we didn't see in, in seasons past. Yeah, this, this year was extremely tough for us um, just with the pandemic and we had our season canceled. So we didn't play a game all year. Um, there were times where we were in lockdown as well, where we couldn't even skate. Um, so I, Myself too, I struggled with this as well, but it was a, a, almost like a loss of identity, um, mm -hmm. not being able to go to the rink, um, not being able to like be around the team and be around the girls um, mm -hmm. was extremely hard. Uh, so we, we found ways around it. Um, Zooms were our best friend, but at mm -hmm. the same time, all their school was online. So we tried to still get in touch with each other, but still limit limit it as well um but it was uh it, it, that loss of identity I, I felt a lot of us like there were days i'd just walk around the house being like okay like now what like what can we do like how do we keep them engaged like how do we develop by not being on the ice and not being right. together um so trying to find those ways that we can still kind of maybe key into that competitive spirit um but just let it evolve in a different way Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, with this year, right, like coaches and everybody was getting creative with the Zoom and, and, you know, how beneficial that was to have some sense of normalcy and do some of the things, you know, um, through that platform. Uh, and I don't know if you kind of ran into this yourself a little bit, but at some point then we started seeing some of the like zoom burnout, right. That, that would happen. And, and, you know, teams would kind of even, you know, get back to me and say that, you know, with some of the zoom or, or kind of online stuff we were doing that, yeah, like this is really helpful, but you know, they need a little break from kind of the being in front of a screen too. And, and, you know, not having that face to face interaction. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we would, uh, we would meet three times a week, um, during our regular scheduled hockey practice time. Um, mm -hmm. but we would do our best to limit that time to 30 minutes max. Um, so we wouldn't go beyond that because trying to avoid the zoom burnout and also recognizing when midterms were happening, we yeah. just cancel or, Hey, we're going to toss in a yoga session, um, just to change it up, um, on them and keep it a little bit more engaging for them instead of just like me talking at a screen, uh, yeah. <laughs> not ideal. Um, but also we, with a lot of the sessions we did do, um, were spent on things that are super necessary, super important. Mm -hmm. And it's developing that char character piece and that hopefully tapping into a little bit more of that self-awareness that we spoke about earlier um, so that we're, we're developing ourselves as, as humans and as individuals that will also translate to being an, a 
nice human and teammate in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Can you just briefly kind of tell us a little more with the kind of character type stuff? Because I think that's, again, that's a huge, um, you know, probably something we don't often put in kind of the mental side of stuff, but it, but it is, it's, you know, um, I think a huge piece. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about, uh, we went back and, and kind of looked at kind of our pillars of our team. Um, so we're looking at, um, like accountability, trust, Mm -hmm. discipline, integrity. Um, a lot of those like key points, uh, that we don't necessarily break down and say, okay, well, what does it look like? Um, so we spend a lot of time and these were coach facilitated and like player discussions kind of told us really where we were going with, sure. with the topic and conversation, uh, which was super valuable for us as a staff. Um, but uh, we, we spent time and okay, well, what does trust look like uh, in society in uh and hockey, um, what does it look like in the classroom? Uh, and so if they had to put actions like to these words. Um, and we talked about, and we got a little bit personal too, and it was a little bit uncomfortable as well, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, how does someone break your trust? Yep. And what's the big thing that kind of does it for you? And have you ever had someone who broken your trust and have you've let them like earn it back and, kind of talk about that and what that looked like for you. So we had some players were, were sharing and it was fantastic um, because it gave us that insight. Um, and, and I would share as well. And it kind of put us all on the level playing field for those conversations where it was like, yeah, I'm human too. I'm not just your coach. Uh, right. And I think it's important for them to see that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, those types of exercise, I mean, you know, when we're talking about like team chemistry and, and really building, strengthening those, those relationships, both amongst teammates and, and again, player coach relationships are, are invaluable. Um, you know, it, it really gets, like you said, having sometimes those difficult discussions and, and being open and honest with, with one another creates that trust that, you know, is going to trickle on to the playing field. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We had, we had some too, where uh, it was just, I ended up watching uh, Mulan, the Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a part in that movie that was just like, I was watching it and I was like, when she decides to be herself, like that moment in the movie, mm-hmm. I, I recorded that. And I was like, we started a session where I just play that clip. Right. And I was like, what was the, like, talk, tell me what you saw. Like, how did you feel when you saw this? Because like, for me watching it, it's like, I'm like, I don't, it's my sister's Disney plus mm-hmm. my niece and nephew, <laughs> but I'm tapping into it and I'm right. loving it because mm-hmm. I'm like, Disney's kind of taught us really how to be like courageous and what that looks like. Yep. Um, and I, I read quite a bit and I, I came across another where it's a, uh, I forget what book it was, but uh, it was like, we know how to be courageous, but like where we keep telling our players, no, we want you to be confident. We want you to be confident. I'm like, what is confident? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. How do you get there? Like, that's the big one. How do you get there? Right. Uh, so it was, I kind of, I think I'm reframing this and 
you guys can tell me if I'm like out in left field here, <laughs> but uh, I just, I, I don't want to refer to confidence anymore. I kind of just want everybody on our team to be courageous. Mm-hmm. Cause you know what that looks like. Disney's been teaching us how to do that since right. you're three years old. Um, so it's like, just be courageous. If you're going to make a mistake, that's fine, but be courageous to try it again and do see it, if yeah. you can be successful. Yeah. Yep. Right. I mean, I think you're, you're honestly really spot on there. Cause like, it's not about that confidence of like, you know, we never fail or we're never afraid of anything, but it's just, you know, showing up and, and kind of what are we going to do with it anyway? You know? And I, I think you really are also spot on with kind of that loss of identity over this past year. And, and Rob and I talk a lot about kind of that sense of just developing your identity outside of just your sport, you know, kind of that more than an athlete mentality. And, you know, that can come from those personal characteristics and those, and those strengths and those traits that can come from other interests and things like that. Um, And so I think it's, it's fantastic that you guys really spent so much time kind of focusing on that, that character development um, and it sounds like, you know, you guys did a, little, a lot of really wonderful work with that. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, if that's something you guys have thought about or, or kind of what that might look like moving forward once things kind of open, hopefully open up more and you guys kind of get back onto the ice and get back to competing. Yeah, absolutely. And and this was one that um, we talked a lot about, like as a staff and through our exit meetings with our players after this season, it was, okay, what did you like of the virtual sessions? What didn't you like? And what ones would you want us to see us implement moving forward? Um, Because I also think that that feedback and that buy-in piece is, is really important. Um, But uh, with, with the conversations that we've had, um, it was my very first meeting I had with one of my players who's, going into her third year um she would usually have two hour skill practices on mondays and she's like coach just can we just do an hour of skills and then can we just go and do more of that like either video or that character development just we don't need to be on the ice really (laughs) like that long for skills so like it'd be a perfect time because everybody has it blocked off already and i was like you're absolutely right um so that's going to be something that we'll try and schedule in um even if it's like every monday or if it's we we change it up every monday whether maybe it's a video session maybe it's a character development session but kind of still keep them on their toes uh so it's not redundant in any way um but uh we're we're definitely looking for ways to to carry this forward and keep um keep developing them uh, because they they felt they had value through it as well, which was like, that was <laughs> it was super reassuring for us because at yeah. times we're like, don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to give it a try. <laughs> no, that's awesome feedback and and really cool that you guys are going to you like you said, kind of both sides are on board with really integrating that moving forward. So as you guys are are moving forward and, and also kind of with your your past experiences. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like, what do you think that really is kind of that first step in developing a a strong mental approach? I think just being, being open to it in the first place. Um, Mm. I, I I think there's times where we're just like, we, we don't put enough value in it or we don't see that value. Um, It's not like, like you can go out and like do a skill and you can kind of get it right away. Um, 
I think it's something that just, it takes a lot of time and investment, um, but the benefits of it are huge. Um, so I think just being open to, to kind of spending the time and, and developing your, your mental skills or your, your preparation or whatever that looks like and finding something that works for you um, is really important um, in order to help you kind of reach that next steps or maybe hit that X factor confidence piece that we've been missing for the first two years. Like we want you to hit that sooner um, because now you're bringing an extra level to the ice every time you show up. Um, so I think just, like I said, just being open to it in the first place and don't be resistance, uh, resistant to, to change, um, I think would be super beneficial. So one yeah, last. No, I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, yeah, I just, no, you're good. I love that kind of idea of like that openness and, and it is so important. And I just, you know, one thing that, that I often hear from people is kind of that sense of like, okay, but when am I done? You know, like when do I, so I'm practicing all of these, you know, exercises or these techniques and things like that. And, and there's sort of this mentality of, you know, oh, I do these things, these things for now. And then it'll, I'll just hit this point where I don't have to do these things anymore. Um, you know, and, and I think that what you're really describing is kind of that openness to that ongoing process. So I'm just kind of curious, like maybe what you would say to that if one of, um, you know, your, your players came to you and kind of asked, asked a question like that. Oh man. Well, we, we talk about the process a lot. Um, but, uh, I, it's challenging because you don't, it, like each individual is unique. Um, and ultimately you need to find something that that works for for you uh and there's a lot of distractions and it's almost like it's like with cell phones and everything like that it's like it's right in your face every single day um but i i think there's a a huge value into kind of like disconnecting and stepping away for a bit and um kind of even i i mean it, it's something these are skills that benefit you for life um it's not just in the rink or in the gym uh or on the court or field um mm -hmm. these are these are lifelong skills that can help you so um there's there's times even when uh, we'll go to hockey canada camp and we have mental performance coaches that come in and work with our athletes and, and we sit through the sessions as well and i'm still learning like it's it's never over. Um, even as a coach, I'm still learning. Uh, I think whenever you feel comfortable, something's wrong. Um, so I, I think if we can kind of keep them hooked in, into a little bit of that mindset, I guess, um, I think it would be beneficial. I know that it's hard, um, but even if that, that support and knowing you have support also, uh, I think would, would help breed success. That's yeah, no, that's absolutely, you know, fantastic feedback. And I think, you know, for sure, I love, you know, when you said when you're comfortable, there's something wrong. <laughs> like It's that sense of, you know, continuing that growth and that pursuit of that growth that I think is really key to success ultimately. So I got just yeah one one last one I think touched on it a bit already both both you and and Rachel but um, 
just why you, because I think it, it is so true. Um, the resistance or, or acceptance of kind of building that um, mental side and, and to train your, you know, mindset just as you do your, your body. Um, any other thoughts on kind of why or what you have seen as to why there is sometimes that, that resistance? And I know you said, and I think this probably is a, a huge piece of it, you know, when we, uh, you know, we're, we're developing our skating or shooting, stick handling, those are visible things that we see progress, right? We see our shot getting harder, quicker, um, you know, our skating's getting faster, um, and maybe not, you know, we don't always see that kind of from a, a mental side um, when we're doing that training. But any other things you see as to why, again, maybe there's some resistance, at least from some athletes at the start? Yeah, and I think it's because, like, when, when they come to me um, at the university level, I don't think there's been much exposure to this prior to. Um, so a lot of them are a little bit more hesitant and like, eh, I don't want to get, I don't want to dig deep. Like I'm, I'm good at keeping it surface level. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to go there because uh, it's, it might be too much. Um, but uh, I, I think it's just, it's something that's different. Um, they know, I think they're a little bit more in tune now to kind of the strategies and, and what's available to them. Mm. Um, but I know myself as a player back then, I mean, I, my first experience with it was at university and it was just like red light, yellow light, mm -hmm. green light exercise. Um, and that was it. That's all I can remember. Um, so I, I think spending the time and, and kind of educating them on it and on the process I think does help always explaining the why and as to mm -hmm. why we're doing something right. um, I think helps create the most buy-in but you're going to get players that are going to fight it and um, they're probably ones that I can identify most with because that's exactly how I was as a player but mm -hmm. um, I, I think they're it's it's that what they don't really feel comfortable um, kind of digging deep and, and looking at themselves uh, like internally looking at themselves mm -hmm. critically. Like they rather yeah. look at their play and criticize that as opposed to right. kind of why am I getting super frustrated like mm -hmm. and flying off the handle? Right. Um, they don't want to deal with that. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's really accurate. Um, you know, and, and I think kind of goes to your point before too. I mean, with a lot of this, stuff especially from you know I think both physically and mentally but you know right if if you look at it from kind of physical training right if you're when you're training if it's really easy like you're probably not putting in a lot, a lot of work it's probably not going to be effective for you it's when you know when it becomes really hard and you're challenging yourself and pushing yourself that's when you're seeing results and it's the same thing mentally if if you do stay you know kind of surface level yeah it's it's easier and you know we can maybe get by a little bit but you know if you're doing that mental work and you're finding it's difficult it probably means you're 
moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's also too, like a, um, a level of, I, I, I don't think you want to show your teammates that you're not strong or you're mm-hmm. not good enough or anything like that. You, you want to, I think there's that, that relationship between teammates that also kind of plays into it as well. Being like, um, you just want to show up and on the ice and say like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. But really it's like you have other struggles and it's okay to have those struggles, but yeah. it, it's also knowing that like your teammate has them too. And mm-hmm. so-and-so has them as well. So it's kind of recognizing like, okay, like those are your weaknesses. That's fine. I'll help pull you up here. And, and having those types of relationships play into it and elevate each other as opposed to kind of pull each other down. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I, uh, it was um, another t- talk that I, that I listened to. Um, it was the Florida um, soccer coach where it's, she asked her team is like, how many of you have a significant other? And a good chunk of her team right. raises their hand. And she's like, how many of you at, in the morning when they go to class or to work or whatever, tell them like, I hope you have a good day, but not as good as mine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's like, do you, you do that to your teammates? Like, well, I hope you play well, but not as well as me because right. I want more ice time. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like recognizing those battles as well on top of kind of right. our mental game. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of elements and different factors that play into how we approach our, our games. Right. Uh, but finding finding that balance and finding the right relationships in that, I think, is, is that difference maker for sure. Sure. Yeah, the the uh, a quick story about kind of what you said with, uh, again, I think it's such a huge part of it of like showing some weakness and especially in front of teammates and, and all of that. And I think that, I mean, that stems for just stems from, I think, just kind of old mentality of, you know, the whole, if you're an athlete, like you're strong, you're, you can't do that, That's you know, um, which I think is changing for for the better but yeah with with working with teams and stuff i think two interesting things usually happens is you know we'll we'll do like a team session and you'll be leaving you know and walking down the the hallway or something and and a player kind of pulls you aside into the corner (laughs) hey you know i'm struggling with this or whatever like because again you know they want it quiet they want to keep it you know separate um so definitely get that but the other thing i'd say when when you have and to your point before with like leadership and different things when you have those leaders on a team that adapt uh, um, and engage in that stuff um you know i've done sessions where, where there is that leadership and and those players in that room are so open and they talk and you see all the the underclassmen and all the like now start to kind of open up and share and do you know as opposed to you know if that's not if you have the leadership or the the upperclassmen that are resistant right and they're shut off to it um you know it kind of sends that message all across the the team so um it's interesting how that plays out in in group settings and then kind of individually as well one of the things we did do with our virtual sessions and they didn't know this was happening, but mm-hmm. we had one of our, um, uh, our, our student coaches, uh, 
apprentice coach uh, in the background yeah. was taking notes on like who was speaking. Um, so they're just doing a tally in the background. So we could see who was speaking up, who was kind of hiding in the background. And as we were going through multiple sessions, we could start to call on the individuals who might be hiding in the background in Zoom mm -hmm. or on my second page. So I couldn't see them on the screen. Whereas right. like we start to ask them questions and kind of just pull it out of them a little mm -hmm. bit, make them feel uncomfortable. But yeah. we did that in order again to get everybody talking. And um, I, I was actually surprised with our group on how much they did participate and how much they did share. And it was, I was really excited at that because again, it's that, that one little barriers down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's perfect. So like, where can we go from here? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think what sounds like your staff and your team's doing a great job of it. Sometimes it's just a matter of like asking the questions, right. And kind of, you know, um, helping them, them learn and, you know, they'll, become engaged and, and start to develop some of these skills. And I, as you put before, which I love, because I mean, again, we say this often, like, yeah, these are great skills that if you learn them, they're going to help you as an athlete and help you perform. But it goes like way beyond that, that it's, it's about, you know, you as a person, it's when your playing career is done. Like these are things that um, are going to be invaluable you know, for, for you and, and just moving forward with your life. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, this was awesome. Candace. I, the, uh, some really interesting topics and, and great information that you provided and can't thank you enough for, for hopping on with us today. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Well, hopefully, yeah, you guys can, can get a normal, somewhat normal, year coming up and season and uh we'll be we'll be following the team awesome thank you so much all right we'll talk soon thanks Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Back in the Game a sports and mindset podcast Please make sure to join us next time as we continue to discuss the mental skills you need to get your mind back in the game and perform at your best.